Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus. website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over a hundred casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's time to talk sports. It's time for the show. When you hear this song on the radio, it's time to tune in. Better act fast. Let me get that part of Radio, starting now. What's up, everybody, and welcome to episode 202 of Let Me Get That Potograph. My name, of course, is Drew or the DH, and joining me, my awesome co-host, Mr. Scott Rappaport. What's up, dude? Happy, uh, refer- happy, uh, belated referees. Day, hey, thank you. I yes. was waiting. For, yes. I was waiting for somebody to do that. So normally yes. we do this on Wednesdays. Today we're doing Thursday because I was off celebrating. International Referee Appreciation Day. And for those of you that did not celebrate International Referee Appreciation Day yesterday, here is your straight red card. <laughs> you had it ready. You had Damn it ready. right I did. I'm not even Very like nice. you're not even getting a yellow on this one. You were getting a straight red, and that is <laughs> that is the end of it. Well, happy belated referees day. But yes, uh, guys, we are le- recording on a Thursday instead of a normal Wednesday. Thanks to everyone tuning in live on YouTube. Reminder, you can always watch us live on YouTube as we record the show and interact with the show. And we'll talk with you guys during the uh, during the break and at the end of the show. But Scotty boy, uh, let's dive right into this week's show. And um, another week, another letter. We'll <laughs> <laughs> Tops uh, sending out another letter, and we'll, we'll kind of segue this into an entire segment. But Tops updates coming out. One of the flagship big releases of the baseball season, big deep into the playoffs right now. But update is out, and already well, updates coming out, and already there's collectors and uh, dealers that are up in arms and really a lot of people that are pissed because they advertise 24 packs per box, 14 cards per pack. And then when, which I will say, which I will say has been the standard configuration for years, ages. Yeah. And this is, by the way, we're talking hobby boxes here. We're not talking jumbos. We're not talking right. Yes. Regular hobby. hobby. Yes. Hobby boxes. Well, they came out with the official number when they put, sent out the final info and it's 20 cards and 12 cards. So 96. 20 packs. 20 yeah, packs. 20, 20 12 packs, cards. 12 cards per pack. So 96 cards less per box than were advertised. And like you said, is the norm. Yeah. Now, Top sent out a letter saying that, you know, basically saying, 
uh, yeah, we said this, but hey, you're getting that. But hey, your odds of pulling special cards increases because there's the same number of inserts and the same number of parallels. So basically, yep. uh, we're sorry, but, you know, suck it. And Well, but there's, but there's really not the same number of inserts because if they're shorting it four packs, yep. short four to six inserts for every box. Yep. You are, though, increasing the odds per pack on you know if they're not shorting the golds and they're not shorting the rainbow foils and the other colors and you know things like that they are increasing the odds if you're a single pack buyer you know if you walk into a hobby shop that does sell single packs right. you know but, you've increased your odds of getting something okay good but does it the but see this is the thing update is big for set collectors it's very big for it's yep. a very big set building uh set builder set it's a very big collector set there's a yep. die hard you know it's a flagship product just like series one series two any of that but update in particular always has a massive like collector base they don't give a shit about pulling a Super Taco Lapa Fractor out of you know of oh, yeah. Arizona Diamondbacks in in a pack of cards. They just don't, and most collectors don't. You know what you know what I mean? Like right. That, that's where like the the letter that Top sent out I thought was pathetic. I thought it was stupid to because you're basically which we're going to talk about that Top's letter and other things uh, later on in the show. But you know the the letter basically was just saying yeah we misled you but hey you might be able to pull these so there you go and i I, I don't know i don't like that i don't like it no exactly and and i'm not i'm not a huge fan of that and here's the thing this is another one of those things that they should have known right they should have you know they should have gone through and from the get-go come out and said hey this year we're doing 20 packs with 12 cards instead of 24 and 14 and yeah, they advertised that yes. they were doing 24 and 14. Yeah, this was not a this was not something that was a screw up. This was something that was done, you know, that was planned. It was from the beginning. Now, I don't yeah. think screwing up on the, you know, on their marketing for it prior to that was, right. was planned. I think that was the screw up. But it's one of those things. And, and frankly, like I'm going through I'm going through the list of rookies because obviously update rookies are you know, the, the big draw for a lot of this, you know, between the color and the, you know, some autos and things like that. Um, Absolutely. And I'm looking like, I see Jeter Downs on there. I I see Miguel Amaya. He's the only one that I, you know, but again, that's not, that's not one that everybody's going to be getting excited about and chasing. That's just me. No, it's not a super strong. No, no, it's not a strong. Now it's better. I will say it's better than 2020. Yes. It's probably better than 2021. Yeah. You know, I, I would this. agree with that. Yeah. And we do it, get it, to yeah. see, I mean, I'm excited to see some things in update. Like they've got the, we're about to see the debut of the MLB patches that are going to be coming out in update. Those yep. uh, exclusive one-on-ones, you know, there's a lot of cool stuff in here, but you know, it, it's just one of those things, man. Like you, another screw up and yet you're, your response yeah. to it is just, "Hey, you have a better chance of pulling this, yeah. and nothing, nothing's going to change. You're just missing 96 base cards. Well, uh, some of those base cards could be valuable in the future. No, some exactly. People, and also, you've, you, the people that are really pissed about this are the people that pre-ordered it. Obviously, right? You're you're setting up. You sold this product with misleading information." 
and yeah. your response was weak at best. And I'm really tired of seeing these stupid standalone, same formatted tops apology letters that are non apologies. And we don't need this stuff. Like, we talked about accountability and we have for a couple of weeks in the hobby from episode 200 with Tracy and all that, but yes. Okay, great. They're taking accountability kind of, but they're not doing it. It's still not what we need. Okay. Yeah. yeah. It's getting a little better. They're addressing things at least. Well, not all things. We'll get to that later, but they're addressing things somewhat, but I just, I, they need to step it up. But how this happens to begin with is just baffling to me. It, it like is how they didn't change exactly. it like immediately. How does no one on that website look at the configuration? You have multiple people that are going to be looking at this. I work in marketing. I've worked at uh, corporate level companies like Lowe's. When stuff like that comes out, multiple eyes hit that stuff. Oh, yeah. Nobody saw this and said, oh, wait, or no one changed it. You just waited until you threw the information out at people to say, oh, yeah, hey, we're going to fuck you by 96 cards. Yeah, it's um, I mean, I mean, maybe that means that they short printed it compared to previous years. I mean, that that would be that would be a positive. That would be a positive. Um, that would be a positive. And I do like the fact that they put in there's an eight card insert set. I, well, I'll call them inserts, but they're really not. They, they're called the base series to Luke, the cardist art card art set checklist. Yeah. Um, one in every 385,130 hobby packs. Yeah. Um, now, I do think it's cool that they're throwing in, you know, Throwing a bone to some of the art guys, I'd love to see Card Killer do a set. You know, I'd like, yeah, Card Maybe Killer, in, you know, Card Carver, one, those two next guys, year or something like that. Yeah, Card Carver and Killer need to be in there for sure. Exactly. I'd love. You know what? I'd love to see. I'd love to see Tops do a like a reprint series a card size of you know some of Tim Carroll's pieces. Oh, that would be um, cool. you know especially ones that were you know were done as past Tops yeah. cards. That would yeah. be cool. Yeah, but, but there is some neat new stuff. In yeah, yeah. But I, this is a screw up. This is a this no, is a yeah. big yeah. This is a big screw up. And you um, can, and they and you that you don't change the price. You leave the price the same. You force dealers and everyone with their new policies and the way they're selling things. You're forcing breakers. You're forcing you're forcing LCS owners and all right. these people to buy this product no matter what and buy it in mass quantity. Otherwise, basically, you're you're fucked. Let's be honest. That's yep. how this system's going right now. And you're misleading the whole time for months. You're giving them misled information. Like, yeah. I, I just don't like it at yeah. all. And the apology is so stupid. And when you have to make an, I always, I, I worked in public relations too. And one thing we were always taught is if you had to make an excuse in an apology, you should not put it out. Nope. And they had to put it. I mean, that's like a golden rule. If you have to throw in an excuse and defend reasoning and stuff like this in an apology. You should not be putting it out. And that's what Tops did with this. Oh, yeah. you can pull the green fucking Lava Taco Super Mega Fractor easier. Like that, it's just stupid. Yeah, it, no, I, I would agree. They that it all that is is really just an excuse. Yeah, they should have just come out and said, "Hey, we're sorry. You know, our marketing department screwed up. We didn't communicate. Well, we're the price some." Yeah. Take so somewhere hit. somewhere along the somewhere along the along the lines, nobody in the printing department, not I'm not talking about the department that prints the cards. I'm talking about right. the department that prints the boxes. Yeah. Because the the number of packs 
in each box is listed. It's printed on, on the freaking box. Yeah. So it's yeah. not even the, you know, it's not even multiple places. Exactly. So <laughs> nobody, nobody caught that. I, I know. I, it, it's ridiculous. And it's, it's more, you know, screw ups that just don't need to be happening. But, you know, look, look at who's uh, running this stuff. And, you know, we've seen these mistakes for a long time now. It's yeah. just now we're getting stupid bullshit apologies and that's supposed to make us feel better. That's not what it is. Those prices need to be changed. Those dealers, those breakers, the people that they're forcing to buy this in bulk need yep. to be compensated in some way, shape or form for this because they're advertising it to their clientele as well. Yep. So, yeah. And so it looks it makes them look bad. You need to compensate those people for misleading them for months and forcing them to buy a product that you didn't drop the price on when you're shorting people 96 cards and just a stupid apology. And and hopefully, you know, again, because, the you know, especially the shops that pre-sold and, and things like that using the 24 packs, 14 cards, hopefully their customers realize that it's not. You know, when they get the 20 pack, 12 card boxes, hopefully they realize that, hey, this is not on the shop. Yeah. Advertise this. This is on Panini That's or Fanatics and it's on Tops. And, you know, they were just advertising what information that Tops gave them, exactly. uh, you know, for the product, for the presale. Yeah. So anybody, you know, getting on the card shops. No, not, no, yeah. That's why I brought it up here. Yeah. Your, your anger is misplaced. Yeah. Um, you know, treat the guys that own the card shops and that work in the card shops, especially better than that, because, you know, yeah. it's not it's not on them. You no. know, if be mad at somebody, be mad at tops, be mad at fanatics. I mean, we're just going to leave it at that because there's no exactly. Yeah. Let's leave the leave the card shops out of it. It's not their fault. All right. Well, uh, guys, we do have a lot of people watching live on YouTube. Thank you all for tuning in. But, Scott, let's move on now. It's a start of hockey season, bro. I know, and you'll, you'll notice I'm I'm wearing I'm wearing one of my Blackhawks hats. I see. Today. It, it's those of you on YouTube can see it. Yeah, it's, it's hideous, an older one. But it's yeah, it's it's a great hat. Hideous. But I will I say, Black, the Blackhawks uh, opened the NHL season as one of the three games against the Penguins, and then they had to play the next night, last night, uh, up in Boston. Uh, so they're starting the season with two games and two nights, and the yeah, real. It, yeah, now yeah, Drew's play. Is that a Patrick Wall helmet? It is a Patrick. Okay, all right. I got I got respect for that. I love Patrick Wall. So I want to talk about Connor Bedard. Okay. All right. Because we we saw it's been a little while since we've seen a generational player come along yes. in hockey. In fact, it's it's been since 2015. You know, the, yeah, the, McDavid. the season with Connor McDavid, and you saw mm -hmm. you saw all of the hockey products going nuts. Yes. And after watching Bedard play for two games, I, I can can tell you with 100 percent confidence this kid is the real deal. Very real much deal. so. I'm not I'm not too thrilled about the assist he got against the Penguins. <laughs> uh, again, it was kind of eh, nothing yeah, special. No, I agree. I agree. But his goal last night, his yeah, goal oh, yeah. was absolutely amazing. It shows he can think on his feet. It shows yep. he, you know, he knows where to be and when to be there and, and what to do and not to do with the puck. No, his, um, his uh, ice awareness is, is absurd. Yeah, like his hockey IQ is way beyond his years. So here's, here's how good he is. So the only, he's got one NHL card right yeah. now. It is a redemption. Yep. From what I've heard. And it comes out of the 
upper deck Tim Hortons packs. Tim Hortons set, yeah. Which I love. I love that they do this every year. Those are selling for like thirteen hundred bucks. Yeah. Right now, they're not even autographed. No, his they- young gun is going to start out at probably fifteen hundred to two grand. I uh, see. I don't know if it's going to go that high. Yeah, oh, um, well, well, graded, graded, graded. Yeah, graded. great. But I'm, I'm just trying to up talking about raw, and I'm I'm seeing four to five hundred bucks raw. Oh, easily, Um, dude, easily. The hockey market in general has been going up in, I mean, hockey and wrestling have been two of the markets that have actually been had, have had steady growth in, you know, the last six to eight months. Now, you know, like, I love what I see from Bedard. I think he's going to be an amazing, amazing player. Yeah, I think that he's going to be good for the hockey market. That's where, that's and where that's, I'm focusing, you know, that's no, exactly. And that's kind of what I wanted to, that's what I wanted to talk about. So obviously he's not going to have a young gun until series two. Yeah. Yeah. So, no, it won't be in series one. And I'll, they will only allocate for shops that order the product. They will only allocate as much series two as you ordered of series oh, one. one. Yep. So you're going to see a flooded market with series oh, yes. one, which I don't yeah. think is going to have anybody notable in well, there. I mean, there's a there's a couple of guys that have started out slow, but I think they have the potential to be good. But uh, you're going to have a lot more of those young guns, at least if you're talking in terms of value. You're going to have a lot more of those five to fifteen dollar young guns as opposed to the fifty hundred dollar. Exactly. You know I mean? Like that. Um, but I still think. Sure. But I still think it's going to sit on shelves for a while, and I think oh, shops yeah. are going to sell it at a loss just because they want their hands on series two. But What's yeah. you know typically the flagship product will typically come out anywhere between seventy five and hundred dollars a box, right? What do you think series two is going to wind up popping at? I'm thinking it's going to be I'm thinking it's going to be right around that two hundred dollar mark. I see those boxes. I don't think they go two hundred being flagship. I think they go probably around one fifty to one seventy five. I would say. Which is still, you know, hundred dollars. No, it's a massive increase, but that's where I'd I'd expect to see it at. Yeah. And it's one of those things. And now normally, normally I don't, you know, we don't address questions and comments during the recorded portion. We wait for that, but I, I kind of want to touch on this because uh there's a comment in the chat which we will address a little bit further during the break. He's played two games. Let's slow down the Hall of Fame induction. Get back to me when he has Crosby's numbers and cups and ask McDavid about winning a cup. Yes, but it's often the same guy who just seems salty that yeah. his team to his team didn't get the number one draft. Pick. <laughs> no, no, I don't I don't think that's what it is, but I think you know, he's, uh, I think it's a misunderstanding. Where we can uh talk all day about how we see great things from Bedard. Um, but we're talking about the sample size we have. But what we're talking about is the effect on the hobby. Correct. It's not. It's not him and saying that he's going to be the the savior of the world and the next, you know, you know, greatest of all time, Wayne Gretzky. You know, all this type of stuff. But when it comes to a hobby impact, that he there has been no one like him like we said at the beginning since Connor McDavid Correct. and so far he's the only person that's been able to start out playing well to keep up that hype a lot yeah. of those guys str- struggled at the beginning the ne- the guys that were supposed to take off 
struggled at the beginning, then caught on and the hype died down. And so yep. the market never really came back and it never, the hype never grew and it yep. never really got to sustain itself. And prior, regard, and prior to McDavid, you know, with the 0506 season where you had both Crosby and Ovechkin and yeah. they debuted in the same year just because of the lockout and the Kansas right. season. Yeah. So that was a, you would have had two years in a row with potentially generational players that, but they yeah. both, they both came up. But prior to the two of them, yeah. you really didn't see anything. I mean, people, I, I'm looking back to like 92 with uh, Eric Lindros. I remember yeah. it was at 91. Um, uh, yeah, nine, but that's, you know, but people were going crazy for his stuff at the time, too. Obviously, he didn't pan out. Uh, it, no, he's still a Hall of Famer, but he didn't pan out the way that, you know, people had thought he was going to. Yeah. You know, and prior to him, you had to go, you know, you had to go back a bunch of years to Mario Lemieux. Yep. And, yep. you know, we're not, this is one of those things where if Bedard pans out like people mm -hmm. thought he would, then this is good. one of those things we're probably. We're looking years. at a big year in the hobby for hockey. Yeah. But we're also eight to 10 years away from seeing another guy like him. Yeah, exactly. And, and there are some other guys right now that are getting some major love. Like I said, that hockey market is really strong as we wrap this up. But like Jack, uh, Jack Hughes, for example, his young guns in the past month is up 21%. Yeah. Like, well, I mean, forget about happy. forget about him. Here's a guy who didn't get a, he got some love when he you know was a rookie, but didn't get a ton until recently. Right. Leon Leon Dreisaitl. His stuff is going for ridiculous money, but it mm -hmm. wasn't at the time the product came out. No, it, it it's going to be fun, and I, it is going to be one of those years where you're going to see a lot of people that don't dabble in hockey dabble in hockey. You're yeah. going to see a lot of hockey breaks from people that don't normally do breaks. I think uh, the Bedard effect is going to be like the McDavid effect. And I, and it's going to be, it, it might take a little longer, but if Bedard keeps up how he's playing and shows that he's the real deal to yeah. hockey collectors and the hockey collectors in as a whole, then it's going to get out. People aren't, I don't think people in the hobby are necessarily going to tune in to watch, but I think they're going to, tune into the cards you know with the chance to make the money and all of that on the table well but i'm curious and we'll have to explore this in a future episode how much do does collecting actually translate to additional eyes yeah. on the games themselves yeah because that that, that is a curious topic and we'll yeah. we'll explore that later we'll do that on um, a panel show we'll have a panel show we'll get yeah. a group of people on because that's one that i'd like to discuss with some other industry people like maybe get tracy and a couple other people on and that that have firsthand you know knowledge on some of those analytics and may be able to even get some people on that uh have them in hand you know, yeah, who knows? No, that, may, that makes sense. But yeah, so no matter what, people are definitely going to be ponying up quite a bit of money uh, for Bedard Young Guns in Series 2 and probably quite a bit of money for the boxes in general. Yeah. Speaking of money. Yep. I need to start saving up for those Series 2 boxes. Me too. So we're going to take a break, get some money, and we'll be right back. Step into the world of power, loyalty. And luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday. 
I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather. Now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. And we're back. Thanks for putting up with all that crap. And for those of you uh, watching on YouTube, thanks for putting up with, well, the questions. The other crap. Yeah. yeah. The, other, the other crap. So we have something, I don't want to say big. It's not big. Something's been going on for a while. We're yeah. talking about a new revised lawsuit. Yes. Uh, Nini's lawsuit. Filed. And I, I got to get this out here because this is a this is a big one. We've been unpacking it over the past couple of days, and it's a 96-page 96 96-page 96 update to their lawsuit uh, at Fanatics. Now, it, I want to preface this by saying if this was me, I know you had to get a countersuit in there quick, um, yeah. but I... I would have included some of these uh, things in a lot earlier instead of in this update. But this 96 page update is it's insane. And we're going to unpack it here as much we can, guys, because there's a lot of stuff in here. Panini. I mean, fanatics took a lot of shots before Panini's firing back and they fire back hard with this one. Yeah, they um, they're accusing fanatics when they stole. They stole 36 employees. That were hired yeah. away earlier over, this year. Over the weekend at the Mint is when this happened. Yep. And they are accusing, and this is a, a quote, with the aid and encouragement of Fanatics, these employees stole Panini's trade secrets and helped Fanatics recruit other employees away from Panini, each in violation of their employment contracts with Panini, specifically the proprietary information and non-solicitation provisions. Those are actually two areas of employment contracts that are heavily enforceable. Yes. You know, the non-compete clauses, those typically aren't, but non-solicitation and the trade secrets clauses, those are absolutely enforceable. So additionally from that, the rated employees, and this is a quote again, the rated employees are mostly surplus to Fanatic's mm-hmm. staffing needs until at least 2025 or 2026, unless Fanatic plan, Fanatic's plan to or manages to shut down Panini's NFL and NBA operations before then. Now, here's what I, I don't get. So later on, Panini also accused Fanatics of, uh, you know, luring these employees with ridiculously high salaries yes. compared to what it. So here's my question. Okay. How do they know what salaries they were offered? Well, all right. Let, let's be honest here. This hobby is so freaking transparent when you get to know the people like once you know the right people in the industry you can find out anything everyone talks to everyone i'm gonna tell you right now i have no doubt in my mind i mean a lot of these people that left keep in mind they had a lot of friends over there still and a lot of these people that stayed were given these same offers but they chose to stay. Trust me, yeah. there were more than 36 offers put out there. They oh, yeah. Tried, they tried to raid basically the entire company. I know multiple people that turned them down. So they know the numbers that were being thrown out there. So my assumption would be that they're saying, okay, well, if I was offered this, he's got to have at least been offered this. Right. And, and they're correct. Honestly, Panini is in this, that it is a massive surplus of people that oh, they yeah. needed. For unless you planned on doing something like that immediately, like right. those are the type of people you hire out when you're really ramping up to go 
incredibly hard, which they had no reason to be right. doing at that time. So I actually agree with that part of the lawsuit. But in terms of the money, that's where I think they got those figures from. They look and say, okay, well, they offered me this. They've got to be offering them at least, even if it's half, yeah. it's probably still absurd amounts of money. Because I know how some of them, I don't know the exact amount, but I do know a lot of people that moved over, a lot of those 36 that I've talked to. And they're very, very happy, and they got a massive pay increase. I know. No, that. exactly. Now, we also, we also heard rumors earlier in the year about you know, fanatics making threats to these employees that if they didn't come over, they'd yes. never work in the industry again. And, you know, and things like that. So I don't, I didn't see that mentioned in, you know, in any of the documentation, but what I did see mentioned, which was very interesting was that Panini is accusing fanatics of luring these employees away, paying me uh, all this money specifically to trigger the management change clause in some of those contracts in order to get you know certain entities out of the contracts early and if that is the case yeah that is going to be a major problem for oh, fanatics big. because that is that is highly illegal <laughs> yes um, yeah yeah yes they they refer to that in the legal world as tortious interference yeah they don't and, like it. <laughs> oh no 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 no! They don't, they don't like that. Courts Penalties do not like that. Severe on that. If that in any way is true, and that gets, uh, you know, if this does go through the courts, which I, it's looking like it will. I, I think now the that there's just the I knowing Michael Rubin the way I do, and knowing the people in charge at Panini the way I do, and knowing where their relationship is right now. I see this going to court. Um, if they can prove that, oh, that that that's a big one. That right. is going to be a, that is going to be a big, big one because the courts do not like that. The Federal Trade Commission does yeah. not like yeah. that. So it's it's one of those things that that's uh, that it, if that is proven in court, that is going to be a a massive problem yeah. for fanatics, and it is going to be potentially a game changer as it comes down to you know contracts changing hands and you know and things like that that, that's going to be bad no it definitely is so another part of this lawsuit as as we said we're going to break down all these parts another part that i wanted to touch on was that they also talk about the printing and the printing press uh gcp it's a texas-based company that if a lot of you don't know but cardamundi and gcp were basically the they basically print all the cards like for everything in the world lots of other stuff too board games things like that now the companies do have private presses like panini has a private one in florida for their instant cards and things like that tops had one i don't know who they're using now but they did have a private one for tops now um and things like that but now tops own fanatics owns the printing company well they're accusing tops of basically shutting down the presses and having the capability to shut the presses down at any point in time for panini's cards because right now they control the production and panini's still having their cards printed there and it says in november 2021 now this is a quote uh before fanatics acquired control of gcp gcp told panini it would have capacity to produce 297 million packs in 2022 and 336 in 2023. 
But when Fanatics acquired control over GCP, everything changed. After acquiring control of Fanatics, Michael Rubin told Panini CEO Mark Warsop that Fanatics could turn off these machines devoted to Panini whenever it wanted, and from time to time, Fanatics has done just that. And that is put by in the complaint by Panini. And I will tell you right now, by the people that I know at Panini, this is true. Now, whether they can prove it, now whether they're able to prove it in court or not, completely different story. Normally, I will say I'm speculating. We talk about this all the time. We will preface things. I know this is happening. I, yes. I, I know people in product development. I know people that work on the ground floor. I know a lot of people that work there. This is happening. So this goes down to another, again, again, tortious interference yep. aspect of things because Panini had a contract mm-hmm. with the printer. Exactly. And even though Fanatics purchased that printer, they still need to honor the terms of the contract until exactly. the end of said contract. Exactly. Now, that just, I mean, that again is a major problem for mm-hmm. Fanatics. Yeah. And that also goes to the reasoning as to why they bought the printer in the first place is yeah. was it because they they just wanted to have the in-house printing capabilities for everything? Well, that's what because, well, that's one thing. That's the reason. That's a reason. They that is a printer. reason. But yeah. there could be another reason. Oh, because the timing of when they purchased the printer right. was right at the same time that they made their first, you know, first shot at buying Panini. Yep. And Panini yep. said, go pound sand. It was actually the exact same month. Yes. So <laughs> the question is, okay, well, if they if this company does 90% of their printing, if they don't have access to this company anymore. Hmm, and we have access company. to be able to shut it off whenever exactly. we want. Now, here's the other thing. And this really isn't necessarily lawsuit related. But sometimes in lawsuits, very interesting tidbits of information do come to light. Yeah. And what I'm looking at is 297 million packs in 2022, 236 million packs in 2023. So for all of the people that, you know, because again, Panini does not put pack odds on hits out. So I can't I can't go back and reverse engineer the uh, the print runs on things. But now we kind of know how much printing has actually been done here. And all the people that are speculating and all this stuff's overprinted and, you know, and things like that. Mm -hmm. Hey, guess what? I mean, we knew this to be the case, but now we got official confirmation. Hey, you were right. Yeah. That is an insane amount of packs. Now, granted, it is across their entire product line. And I don't know if that includes stickers too, you know. Well, no, that's not, that's not across their entire product line. Because you've got certain cards that are certain cards that are produced at, at Cardamundi. You've got certain cards that are packed yeah. out in-house, like National Treasures. In a okay, yeah. So, okay. No, I meant across all sports, not like All sports, sport, yes. It's all know, sports. So but that's but that doesn't change the fact that if you... I mean, 336 million no, it's a, it's, a fucking, cards, it's, a, it? it's an insane amount. It's fucking yeah. ridiculous. Yeah, but we all knew this anyway. I mean that that's something we all knew. Yeah, but this is this is finally something that proves it. Oh, that's what what did we say when all this came out? We a couple months ago, we said to be quiet for a few months, and then a lot of stuff would start to come out. We thought we'd have to wait for discovery, but now we're just getting a straight up dogfight. Thank God. Oh yeah. Because and when discover, oh god, I can't wait to see when discovery. No, discovery is going to be 
uh, is going to be great. I can't wait for that. That's actually going to be fun to cover. So let's, let's keep unpacking this because, like I said, there's so much to this. They go on in the lawsuit to target the rookie cards. And this is where we yeah. talked a lot about um, with the Stroud, uh, Levis, and um, Bryce Young situation. They say rookie cards are especially sought out by consumers, but because of Fanatic's conduct, these rookie cards simply won't exist for consumers to buy for the next two or three years during the remaining terms of Panini's licenses. And Panini claims they strong arm players by saying Panini would not be around and would soon be out of the card game and threaten players that if they did not immediately sign with Fanatics, they would never get an autograph deal in the future when Fanatics' long-term exclusive deals began. Now, that's just... Oh, that's just dirty. Yeah. That's just dirty. If that's that, I mean, uh, I want to know. I don't think they would put this in a lawsuit if they didn't have some type of way to prove this or anything. You would think text messages and, you know, conversations would easily be able to prove this. But if that's true, too, I mean, this is this is getting out of control if, if that if this stuff is true. Now, I'm not entirely sure the legality of, you know, if it were just just autographs, not card related or anything like that. Yeah. If it were, you know, if they approached if Fanatics approached a player and said, hey, look, we're going to have the license in, you know, two years or three years, depending on the sport. And if you don't sign an exclusive autograph agreement with us now, like this is your only chance. We're not going to give you we're not going to give you an autograph agreement later. Yes. I don't know the legality behind that, but what they were, you know, all of a sudden accusing, you know, telling these players that, you know, Panini is going to be bankrupt in a couple of years, or, you know, bankrupt shortly, or they're going to be out of the game. And, yeah, you know, if you, you know, if you, because of that, if you, if you sign with them and not an exclusive with us, yeah. then you're, you're, you're basically the- done. That's, that's the part where you get into that, you know, that legal, yeah area where it's like okay you're telling them you know basically you're trying to get them to avoid signing a deal with panini yes by making accusations and uh, you know it really you're doing it just to hurt panini's product yeah now granted you know this is this is all in relation to autographs only which is still a massive deal i mean look at the cj stroud autos we talked about last week so there's not gonna be any of those so and none of no autos of the big guys in any opinion, but they will have their rookie cards, at least as of now. We don't know what's going to happen with the NFLPA part of the lawsuit. Yep. That I mean, Panini won it for now. So it looks like we're going to get at least most products out this year. Hopefully it can extend past Prism and everything. Who knows? But at least for now, you're going to continue to get rookie cards. But if Fanatics continues signing away, you know, if they sign Caleb Williams and haven't already, you know, Caleb Williams to sign an exclusive people like that, it's just going to get out of control. Marvin Harrison Jr., you know, people like that that are coming out. If they start taking them as well and every single year, the autographs earn in there, at least for these next two, I. I think fanatics would be smart not to sign anyone right now (laughs) because a lot of this stuff, why would you put this in if you didn't think you could prove at least most of it? Because if you can't, 
then you come off looking like fools. And a lot of what fanatics is accusing you of, it looks like they feel like they could possibly prove. So this seems to be a big response saying, okay, well, we can prove all this. I hope you can prove some of it, but this is, well, I don't think they, if they didn't, so here's here's the thing. I don't affecting sales. This would be a massive one that would directly be affecting their ability to sell product and, and hurting collectors massively in the process. So I think I think Panini should be able to prove the vast majority, if not all, of what they put in the complaints because they would not have been able to put it in the complaint if they can't prove it. That's what um, I mean. It's you know it, it goes down to that same same adage you know in the legal world about a lawyer not asking a question that he doesn't already know the answer to. Yep. If they were to put something like that in the complaint that they didn't already have at yeah. least some proof of prior to discovery right it you know now all of a sudden you know if none of it was provable right now until they you know until they entered the discovery phase yeah. a judge is going to look at them and say okay they're going to laugh them out yeah yeah you're fishing here yes and then and they're going to yeah they're going to toss the suit so I've got a good feeling that Panini has a lot of proof. For this I agree. And I mean, we've talked, we've talked plenty of times before about how great Panini's legal team is and how, how so they've got some really good minds on that legal team. I, I don't see them putting that stuff out unless they feel like they're able to prove it on their end, which if so makes this stuff and everything in this 96 page agreement pretty insane um we knew the stuff that when the mint came down and everything and all that we knew a lot of i know for a fact some dinners were had that were highly illegal but whatever um feel free to subpoena me i'll talk to you all about it um yeah you don't want that <laughs> yeah i know i know but you know i'm you not, don't I'm want not gonna say it on the show but you know if, if you're listening and you need to then come on down but um, but yeah, that, there's a lot of stuff that took place there that started it all off, kicked off all of this. But, you know, Panini also at the end, which I thought was very interesting, they pointed, you know, fanatics attacked Panini about lack of innovation, inferior product, all this stuff. Panini shot back hard. They amended complaint, took advantage of some issues with recent production, highlighting the revelation that they uh, created multiple cards of the one-on-one superfractors of Bowman Chrome that we talked about last week and the 96 card reduction from the pre-sale yeah. solicitations for update, which we talked about earlier on in the show. So this, this was written and amended all the way up until a couple of days ago. <laughs> so this is ba- that is basically Panini telling tops, Hey, maybe instead of trying to, get all these contracts over earlier you should focus on your own shit because you're screwing <laughs> up a whole bunch yeah and and that doesn't even that doesn't even include all the cards that went missing during spring training thank you thank you that is what i want to know all right we get all these pretty little stupid tops apology letters every week like we talked about at the beginning of the show where's the anything where's any information why does tops and fanatics keep keep slipping this under the rug and thinking that we'll forget about it we're talking of course about the cards that were stolen we assume and basically have figured out they were taken from the uh, arizona fall league when everyone was playing they 
consists of Topps Chrome, Bowman Chrome, Draft. We've seen fakes that have already hit the market that yep. have been graded and then decertified as being fakes. We've seen tons of these come out and Topps has not addressed anything. And we're talking about full runs possibly of certain cards as some have yet to appear um, for the players that we've seen that were taken out of them. And some of them were some very big cards. Yeah. Yet, for some reason, we talk about everything else. If we screw up on, uh, you know, duplicate super fractors, we'll put almost a million dollars into it. But when it comes to these cards that are missing that affect multiple product lines, some that haven't been released yet, we're just going to keep quiet. What the fuck? Yeah. Come on. Because, I mean, look, it's what they, it's what they do. It, it, it's ridiculous, and it needs to be something that a lot of people in the hobby demand answers to. Yeah. Because some of these cards still have not surfaced in the colors that were shown on the leaked pictures on a Reddit thread. The thread was up for about two minutes, and then it was pulled down. But luckily, someone got a screenshot of it. We have those images. We kept it. I've kept and followed this through the whole thing. There's cards that were there in Topps Chrome that have not hit the secondary market. There's from Bowman Chrome that haven't hit the secondary market. There's some from Bowman Draft we haven't seen yet. And the only ones that we have seen have been fakes. We, and so that this is stuff. This is the type of stuff that needs to be addressed heavily. Yet they'll they'll just sweep it under the rug yet again and make a stupid apology and an excuse all rolled into one for another mix up or screw up. They so the only the only reason <sighs> joke. The only the only reason why they may be keeping quiet about this is if there's some sort of law enforcement investigation that's going on behind it, they may have been told to keep quiet about it. And if that's the case, then okay. But once it all plays out, you need to come out and talk about it and you need to say and yeah. you know and show the the email from, you know, whatever detective or agent is working on it telling you that you can't say do not say anything about this while this is ongoing no because if that all comes out if that all comes out and that's the case then fine right cool we're like we're good yeah yeah but if that's not the case and you've been just ignoring this yep that's bullshit because like we talked about earlier this could come down to the actual reps that are handling the cards to have them signed in person and yeah. being dirty because that's really the only way that this could have happened. And yeah. so we're talking about a serious flaw in the autograph authenticity process, which yep. is one of the most important processes in the manufacturing and distribution of cards yeah. in the hobby these days. That is this the, is the that type is, of stuff that, that, that has integrity. to be addressed. That is the integrity of the product. Yes. Once you lose the integrity of the product, yep. you're done. Yeah, and, this, and like I said, this 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 runs multiple product lines: Bowman, Bowman Chrome, Bowman Draft, yeah. Tops Chrome. I mean, it runs a gamut of every. I think there was a Mega in there. Runs a gamut of everything. Yeah, and the funny thing is, so I've been asked many times over the years about people from people not involved in the hobby. How do you know that the autograph that you pull out of the pack is real? Yeah, and my answer has always been because if it turns out that it's not real that the the market will absolutely destroy that company. They won't be in business for very long. Right. 
Yeah. So then this is a this goes straight to that, especially with the yeah. fakes around now. And we know there's, you know, the occasional athlete that keeps a couple of their cards. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, but up? we're not talking about we're not talking about somebody who's, you know, just popped off like oh, I'm gonna, I think I'm going to keep one gold, you know, mm-hmm. 10 or 15 base and, you know, whatever. Matt the case Ryder is. or a.k.a. Matt Cardona, Giannis, I could keep going. But yeah, yeah but this isn't this is entire runs yes of, of the product oranges golds like big stuff yeah big, big where stuff. where we would have seen in the products that have been released so far we would have seen at least one right come out of a pack and the only ones we've seen are the fakes exactly yeah. so in the fakes these are the ones like they didn't even make it to the athletes because clearly if the athlete had signed it and the guy you know and whoever it was took it later they wouldn't yeah. be fake no the autos would pass they'd be real yeah but in this case is it now? But it's also it also puts an onus on the grading companies too, yeah. to make sure that all of these autographs are legit. Because yep. with you know with so many fakes that are out there, typically now, the ones that were graded were done through BGS. There were two of them. Uh, they were uh, Nelson Rada, I believe. One was an orange, and the other I can't remember the color. I want to say a gold or a gold wave. But both have been decertified since then and proven. Right. Now, here's the thing. The, the, the grading companies in the past, if you sent in an auto, you know, a pack pulled autograph from usually it's like 2000 and newer. Yeah. They don't put that through the authentication process. Right. But right. now, you know, with the products that have been affected, basically 2023 Bowman products, 2023 mm-hmm. Tops Chrome, they're going to have to start putting yes. all of those autographs through the authentication process yep. as part of this. And what's that going to do? To companies like obviously, you know, BGS and PSA, they have their own in-house authentication. What's that going to do to SGC, CSG, TAG, companies that don't have authentication? Yeah, hopefully we find out what happens to these cards and what happened in this situation. Because like I said, this affects everyone. I mean, people are buying into uh, draft spots to pull these t- these cards, to pull these players. These are first Bowmans. These are rookies. These are the top key cards and products that people are paying money to chase, and they could not even be in the product. And, you know, that type of stuff is a major problem. And like I said, it all boils down to the actual autograph authenticity part, which is yep. where it gets very dangerous and why, look, I appreciate you know, telling everyone that you're screwing them out of 96 cards in uh, update. I appreciate you apologizing that you screwed up all the duplicate supers and decided to pay everybody and buy everybody out. That's great. Now let's address some real serious issues. Yeah. That's all. I, that's that's all I'm saying. Yeah. But. Hey, on the bright side, at least we know the Tom Brady autos coming out of draft are going to be real. Yes, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> at least we, yeah. At least we know those are real. At least we know those are real. But yeah, but uh, uh, Scott, I think that's probably a good time to wrap up the show. What do you think? I would agree. All right. Well, thank you guys. That is going to do it for episode 202 of Let Me Get That Potograph. Of course, I want to thank our awesome sponsors, Zion Cases, Denver Card Shows, Slab Strong, Show Your Slabs, Treasure Hunter Sports Cards, Game Time Sports Cards, and of course, Stand Up Displays could not do the show without you guys of course we are live every single episode on youtube where you can ask your questions and make comments and we'll address them during the break and at the end of the show hoppy hotline every single saturday i'll be on here in a couple of weeks 
11 a.m. on Bench Cleared Media. Got a lot of really cool stuff for you guys coming. Uh, some really neat stuff on socials. A couple giveaways that uh, Zion just gave me coming up here in the future. So be on the lookout for those. But uh, until next week, guys, you know the deal. Keep ripping those packs, pulling those hits. Talk to you then. Peace!